gonna say it, but somebody should. Let's talk about tune time. Let's talk about bum wine. Yeah, asking the questions that nobody should. Like who are the bone thugs and are they in harmony? Everybody, welcome. Uh, today we have uh, something special, which is uh, I ordered a book on the internet called "Elephants Are Not Birds." This is um, by an imprint called Brave Books, which I guess their whole thing is that they're for like conservative parents to read to their kids to teach them things about culture. Um, here, let me give you some of the topics, upcoming topics. Sanctity of life. I guess that's anti-abortion. Abortion? Capitalism. <laughs> Which, like... <laughs> uh, oh, right off the bat, you know, it's what's funny to me about this, and I'm going to admit something, I find this equally amusing uh, with many children's books that are of a uh, more liberal perspective, which is like, I don't think kids give a fuck about capitalism you know i I read um feminist baby and i'll make many similar criticisms of that that i would of this uh which is like i don't really think that like a baby well this is why i wrote a little book called misogynist baby because i was like i don't think a baby has any ability to be feminist or misogynist i think babies kind of just are like, isn't a baby more like nature? It's like a fox doesn't eat a mouse because it hates the mouse. It just is. That's what it does. Whereas a human, like a human adult, you know, me choosing to eat meat has implications, right? I'm aware that this ends the life of an animal and that that's a choice that I'm making. And, you know, that's something to think about and struggle with. But like a baby, you feed a baby something that's like, uh, I don't know. When can, when can babies eat meat? <laughs> this is, I don't, I know some things about babies. I'm not like totally clueless about babies, but as far as like, can a baby start eating meat like right away? I don't know. But anyway, a baby eating meat is not to me is not like a vegan or anti-vegan thing because it's not really a choice. It's eating what it's been fed by its parents, right? So like, and capitalism pushes that even further because I'm like, I mean, how much choice does a baby have as far as its participation or even a small child? As a small child, how much participation do you have in a capitalist society you know what i mean like how does that work or like if you're a child and you're very against the capitalism system how does that manifest um cancel culture that's another good one which i'm like oh cancel culture affects a lot of children i mean i guess there have probably been child celebrities who are canceled i'm not sure i don't know 
critical race theory, which um, that again seems very advanced. And that's that's very much like feminist baby or anti-racist baby, which I'm like, I think you could probably, I think for kids, I'm not a, a scholar in children's development, nor in literature. However, I think that like the extent to which a child can be uh, educated in critical race theory is probably like, um, it's okay to notice that people look different from you. And some people feel differently about some things. And that's cool. You should be nice to them. <laughs> I'm not sure what the conservative critical race theory book is. I mean, it, in a weird way, I guess I'm not sure that I think the concern, I, I don't think critical race theory is presented to young children uh, really should be a political slant. It's more like, I think when you present something to a kid, you can get like one big idea across. Um, and a big idea is something like, you know, like Dr. Seuss did the sneetches. And I think that that's gone back and forth in people's esteem. Because I think for some people, the Sneetches is a good example of like the way we treat people based on their outward appearance, their outward appearance is arbitrary. And so we shouldn't treat them differently because they look different. So like these guys have stars on their bellies and these don't, that shouldn't mean that we don't treat them as friends. And I understand that this probably isn't like a super popular thing currently because it's like, well, the Sneetches makes it seem like there's no such thing as, uh, it's like erasure of race, maybe? I don't know. But see, that's, that's where I think the other side gets in trouble because I'm like, I think you guys are overthinking this. Because it's not like there's, uh, I guess if the Sneetches were a certain color and then they were dyeing their skin to look another color, that would be a little bit more obvious because it's like, well... Okay, here's why this gets in trouble. I understand as an adult that, like, there's more to something like race than just skin tone. Like, there's culture, there's the way you were raised, there's all kinds of things that go along with it that are beyond whether or not you have a star on your belly... But let's be honest, this is like introducing a concept to children who are like five, right? Or like the Butter Battle book is kind of introducing the concept of Cold War to children who are five. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we don't really need to talk about like attempts to assassinate Fidel Castro, do we? Like, is that, <laughs> I don't know. That seems like a little beyond Anyway, I think, like, one of the ways that these books often fall flat is they try to sort of introduce a concept to children, um, but they take it to a level that I think is incomprehensible to children, or it, or they dilute the point so much that um, you can't even get it. Oh, and the last one is Right to Bear Arms. I mean, again, this seems like a crazy... I don't know if it seems crazy, but like, why, you know, like, I believe in like the First Amendment to, you know, a broad extent, but I don't necessarily think that's something that like 
I need to teach kids about early and often. Because frankly, it's like, well, I guess I believe in the First Amendment. But on the other hand, I'm not sure if like a small child is sophisticated to understand enough to understand that like, well, that doesn't mean that you should like go into school and call your teacher a bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, because technically, I suppose if it, the school's a government institution and they're restricting what you could say, that's not great. But on the other hand, it's like, well, I don't know if that's necessary and what, whatever. You know what I'm saying. Um, let's start with this. So it came in this brown paper package with a little wax seal on it, which is a fucking sticker, by the way. I was like, Brave Books, invest in an actual thing. Um, here's the first thing you get. It's a little card. Hello, parents. Which, by the way, these books are totally for the parents. You know, kids, they're to read f to your kids, but they're for the parents. Which is also, by the way, how I feel about the left side of the books, too. Which is like, I think these books are really for parents who feel strongly a certain way. But... You know, I don't know how their kids, I don't know if their kids are that into them. Hello, parents. We are excited to bring you this brave book. We hope you love it. Included is a complimentary poster of Freedom Island. <laughs> oh, God. As well as a sticker to go with it. There are more stickers coming with future books. Oh, by the way, yeah, this is so brave books is like an imprint of children's books where they have, like, a, a brave universe. You know what I mean? Like, the characters will supposedly inhabit the same world. It's been hard to see, because I've only read one. So, you know, that's like seeing Iron Man. And then you're like, well, whatever. I guess Nick Fury shows up at the end or something. After the story, you'll find a section called The Brave Challenge, which includes family-oriented games and discussion questions. On average, it takes 45 minutes to an hour, which makes it perfect for family night, which is in quotes. Um, I guess because they're suggesting that family night is a taboo sex thing. You may want to take a peek at it beforehand to make sure you have the materials needed. Here at Brave Books, we have woven in-depth learning experiences together with epic adventures um, oh boy, that will live forever in your children's hearts and minds. This is why every month we partner with a conservative icon to create a story that takes place in the brave universe and teaches children a foundational conservative lesson. We hope your children will be captivated by the characters of Team Brave and their struggle against the villains trying to bring Freedom Island to its knees. Okay. With a multi-year, ever-thickening plot, these books will be with your kids throughout their childhood and will equip them with a brave spirit Brave is always in all caps. And solid foundation to face all of the challenges modern society will throw at them. Sincerely, Trent Talbot, founder. Um, by the way, I guess before we go any further, I just want to say that this book is... Um, I think it's ostensibly anti-trans. Well, I know it's ostensibly anti-trans. I say ostensibly, and we'll get into why for that. Um, I find this whole thing funny. I'm sure some people don't find the issue of trans rights funny. And I don't find, like, the issue of trans rights funny. I find, um... I find the way that Brave Books talks about what they're doing 
and the way they talk about it to be funny. So that's where I'm finding the humor. Just th that's my little, my little caveat. Okay, so I'm unfolding the map of, what is this? <laughs> Freedom Island. <laughs> It's like they spent two seconds deciding what it should be called. You know what I mean? Uh, what should we call it? I know. Freedom Island. Holy shit, it's fucking huge. Well, it's okay. It's printed on nice paper. And uh, it is... It's nice. Um, okay, there's Home of the Brave in the upper left corner. And then there's the Brave... Saga book one. What? Oh, okay. There's friends, legends, and the brave. And there's a sticker for each of those. And there's also a sticker for each villain. I've got one sticker. I think. From book one. Um, which is Kevin. The elephant. <laughs> we'll get into him in a second. Also, um, there's a lot. Okay, so let's let me tell you the names. Um, friends are Kevin, Seymour, Pepper, Whiskers, Puddin, Mobby, Moby, Arthur, Fiona, Asher, Valor, Eva, Rebel, and Bongo. <laughs> Here are the villains' names: Thickface. <laughs> I mean, it sounds nothing like Dickface, but okay. Moles. Lester, how dare you? I'm going to the dermatologist this... Well, no, I'm going to the regular doctor so they can send me the dermatologist so I can get moles removed. Parrots, hyenas, wolves. Culture, which is a vulture, which is who we have today. Weasels. Silla? S-C-Y-L-L-A? Slubgob? <laughs> Carl? Pompous and Blackheart. I mean, Blackheart, that's an obvious... I like Slubgob, though. I would, I'm would. i curious about Slubgob. Um, okay, here are the islands. There's Utopia, which just has a big ring on it that kind of looks like a wedding ring. Domatron, which has Doomsdome on it, which looks exactly like the, um, the Death Star. That was like a... I felt like I just had a stroke because I forgot the name of the Death Star. And I was like, this is like one of the most important objects from the first 14 years of your life. The Old Islands, Bury Cantor, which there's like a castle there. Okay, there's the Raka Rainforest. <laughs> oh no, Car Alago Coast. Oh no, there's Suma Savannah. Wigamore Woods and the Monarch Mountains. And then we've got just a bunch of shit. There's nothing really else in here that looks like exciting. You know, um, the place we were in today was in the Suma Savannah and it was called Tokatok, which I was like, well, that's an interesting name for, for a conservative land. Sounds very Bob Marley-y to me. But what do I know? I mean, I don't know if maybe Tokatok... Here's the problem with me doing this. I'm not a highly politically motivated person. Um, so there may be references here that I don't know. Caralago, I think I know what that is. 
<laughs> I don't know why they picked that of all things, but whatever. Okay, um, here's the deal. I can't just sit here and read this entire book aloud to you. You know, let's say I had like a Patreon show and that was a little more closed off to a smaller audience. Um, I think I could make a good uh, fair use case for that. But I couldn't make a fair use case for reading the entire thing here. So if I were to have like a Patreon or something and you went there, you probably could hear this be read out loud hypothetically. Um, and you know, I just, something I want to say about Patreon very quickly is I do a bonus episode every month. And when you sign up for the Patreon, you can get all the old bonus episodes. This isn't like you sign up and you get everything here forward. I think I could set it up that way, but I'm not a dick. So I'm not going to do that. And also, I don't know, that seems unreasonable, but so you can sign up for like one month. And have, I don't know, at this point, like 50-some probably episodes of, not 50, that's crazy. But maybe, easily 50 hours of entertainment, bonus entertainment from the last few years, and then just quit. You know what I mean? This is like, I'm a Patreon pusher, because I'm like, oh, damn it. Like, the first page of this fucking book is this island. I could have looked at it this much, much smaller picture instead of, I, like, hurt my shoulder holding it out that long. It's like, oh, are you an old man? Well, I hurt my shoulder by holding a map for two minutes, so yeah. Anyway, um, so I can't, I can't just go through this bit by bit, but we'll, I'm going to summarize it fairly quickly for you. And then what we're going to do today is go through some of the discussion questions and activities and stuff like that. By the way, this book is uh, Elephants Are Not Bird by a Ashley St. Clair. Art by Steliana Deneva, who I think is a computer program based on the illustrations. Uh, and it's, it's about basically an elephant who's whatever. Um... All right, here's what happens. We've got our elephant named Kevin. Kevin is an elephant, and so where he lives in, you know, weed-smoking island, he's supposed to pull carts full of barrels of water. Um, but he wants to sing. And so then uh, the villain, Culture, who is a vulture, um, and carries, like, a, an evil walking staff, so I guess that's how you know he's evil, um, tells Kevin, like, Hey, you're a beautiful singer. Maybe you're a bird. And Kevin's like, maybe I am a bird. So then Vult Culture gives him like fake wings and a beak. Uh, Kevin tries to eat nuts and that doesn't work, even though I think peanuts are nuts. You know what? On the bonus episode, I was like, are peanuts nuts? I think they're nuts or seeds. That's what I was trying to figure out. But they're definitely nuts, right? Legumes? I hate when people do that, when they're like, a peanut's not a nut, it's a legume. And I'm like, what's a legume? And then it's like, I don't know, a peanut? Like, <laughs> who cares? Unless you're going to rename peanut butter pea legume sauce. Fuck off. So he tries to eat with his beak, which doesn't work. He tries to make a nest, which doesn't work. He tries to fly out of a tree, which doesn't work. And then a fire gets started because some fucking idiot bear 
made a pizza place inside of a tree, a hollowed out tree, which is made of wood. And then uh, they're like, oh my gosh, if only someone big and strong could put this fire out. And then Kevin uses his elephant trunk like a fire hose and puts it out. Which they never really go back to like why big and strong is necessary if you have a, a fire hose on your face, but okay. Um, I did debate. There are two things I wondered about. One is it's possible that this is some kind of metaphor for transgenderism. So it's like you're hiding your trunk. But that seemed a little <laughs> on the nose. <laughs> and then also, um, there's a lot of forced rhyming. There's rhyming couplets in this book, which I hate in children's books because it makes reading them a chore. And like, if you ever go to a story time and the person is reading and you just find yourself lulled into not giving a fuck, it's probably because they're going like this. Da 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 You get in that rhythm and you keep going. But I guess this book keeps it interesting because it doesn't understand that in couplets, the couplets should probably have the same number of syllables. Or you should do like, uh, you know, ta-ta, 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 like a six, and then ta-ta, 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 ta You know what I mean? Like have a rhythm of some kind. But the way it's written, that's not obvious. So it's possible that instead of asking for someone with a fire hose on their face, they asked for someone big and strong because the line before that was, we need a strong animal to lift heavy weight. Someone gray with stout legs and a trunk would be great. But there was no weightlifting involved whatsoever. Um, then, so then, you know, he puts out the fire, Kevin does, and realizes he's an elephant and he saved the day. And he's like, oh, fuck, I guess I'm not a bird. So then culture is like, did you fly like a bird? And Kevin's like, fuck off, culture. I'm not going to listen to you anymore. I know in my heart what's right. And I'm an elephant. And that's, uh, you know, whatever. I'm an elephant, and that's plain to see. From this point on, I'll enjoy being me. Okay, I need to read this part because this is where things got confusing for me. Okay, so after culture's like, don't you still want to be a bird? Kevin's like, zip it, culture. I'm not listening to you. I'm the most free when I trust what is true. I am an elephant, that's plain to see. From this point on, I'll enjoy being me. I was right from the first. Tricky culture was funny. I'm no more a bird than he is a bunny. My life is not just about how I feel. I can sing as an elephant. That's what is real. This is where I found the two big things I want to say about this book. Uh, One is that... um, I found the ending a little confusing because it was like, okay, well, I think this comes from a misunderstanding of trans people by the conservative author, um, Ashley St. Clair, who's a, a conservative anti-trans person. (laughs) I think that a trans person would say, well, this doesn't, this metaphor is not really applicable because if I'm, Kevin feels 
you know, in his heart, like he's an elephant. And he wanted to be a bird because that seemed fun, I guess. But, um, in you know, he's like, you know what? When I was true to myself, I realized I was an elephant. And that's what I'm going to be. I think a trans person would say, yeah, true to me is being trans or being, you know, whichever whichever gender I transitioned to. You know what I mean? Whatever. You know what I'm trying to say. They would say that that's exactly right. And so it's kind of like a trans person would almost agree with the point being made in this book, which is like, yeah, I mean, it's not really about just like wearing the clothes and doing doing some of the stuff that a woman does. It's like, that's who I feel I am deep down inside. <laughs> I, I understand that that's not what this author of this book was trying to convey. But what I'm saying is like, that's definitely a reading of this that comes to my mind. But the other one that I thought was sort of interesting was like, my life is not just about how I feel. I can sing as an elephant. That's what is real. And then I was like, so wait a minute. Like, is this, this also kind of reads to me as like, okay, so as long as I can do what I want to do, being my authentic self, that's fine. So it's like, well, maybe I can be trans and still do X, Y, Z. <laughs> it, it just seemed like a weird missing the point. Anyway, it's just like they did not stick the landing on this one. Um, well, I'll just say she, because I'm fairly confident that that's her chosen pronouns. <laughs> I'm going to go with that. Um, but what I think is even the other point I wanted to make about this is that like, the metaphor for me is so vague. It's It seems to be a be yourself story. I don't think that I would get from this as a child anything to do with like a uh, transgender. I don't I don't think I would read gender into this at all. And maybe it's because like the metaphor is so bad cuz I mean being trying to be an a bird instead of an elephant doesn't really make sense as far as like it's not a great metaphor and I know I'm kind of contradicting myself cuz earlier I was like well it's for kids you can't go too far. But I was like, I mean, wouldn't it, <laughs> there's got to be a better way to do this, right? There's got to be, I don't know why a conservative book wouldn't just be like, well, let's just have an uh, animal that's, you know, male and says it's female, but then, you know, only the males of this species can do X, Y, Z. And so then they're like, oh, I can't, you know what I mean? Something like that. Like why it's important to have males and females or something. It just seems, it seems like a, a swing and a miss. And I guess the positive of this is like, if you're a trans rights activist and you're concerned about this, uh, I wouldn't be. Because I don't think any kid on earth is going to pick this up and realize that it's an anti-trans message. I also kind of don't think that like, I'm not a big believer in these sort of like, well, that's what the author's intent was, so they'll somehow, through osmosis, get that idea. Like, I'm just not a, a big fan of that kind of theory, because it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, 
Well, I think you have to explain to a kid what the real world implication is here. And you really have to apply it to something very specific. So I don't know. I guess that's the thing about the lefty books that I've read along this line that work a little better. Because I think they don't try to overly... I think they try and explain things a little better on the kid's level. um, But without making the point totally inscrutable. You know, Feminist Baby basically does whatever and is, like, not gender-bound to do certain things and not do certain things. And that's basically it. So you're like, all right, well, I think that point comes across. But with this, you're like, I'm not really sure the point comes across that you shouldn't be transgender. I think the point that I get from this is, like, be yourself. And maybe that's just because so much kid stuff has that message, right? It's like, be yourself. You know, you're, you're you, be you, being you is great or whatever. And this seems a lot like that. And I just, I don't know how anyone would get gender or sexuality from this without knowing if, if this just showed up in the library and I read it and it was, there was no discussion questions or like brave books. And we're going to talk about sanctity of life and stuff. I think then, then I would be like, okay, I don't know what this, I think this is just an innocent, like, (laughs) be yourself book. So I think they've missed the mark, because I think there's like an area where you're making your point, but on the level of kids, and I think they didn't make their point. I I don't think the kids would understand anything of this having to do with gender. But let's let's go into the, uh, you know, for the family thing, these activities that should take an hour. Because um, this is something that both sides of the, the aisle engage in, which is like, well, look, you have your book and then you have like a two page, all text, boring explanation of what the book was and like what you're supposed to get from the book. There's like a lot of different books about little black girls and not touching a black girl's hair because it's interesting or whatever. And one of them I looked at and I was like, all right, this seems fine. It's like, you know, it's about personal boundaries. And I think kids probably need to hear that in a direct way of like, oh, you shouldn't touch a, a black girl's hair if it's interesting to you. Because that's not nice and, you know, that's their body and don't touch someone else's body. That's fine. But then there's like a full page of text at the end that's explaining like the author experienced this as a child and therefore, you know, wanted to write this book. And like, here's some things to discuss with the family and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I think you made the point in the book. Like, I think the work stands on its own. But that's just me. Anyway, all right, to your family, introduction. Storybooks are great, but the lessons don't always make their way into our hearts and minds. Sometimes that can happen. It's almost like whoever wrote these things was like, um, well, this is a terrible book. Um, Brave Books has created the... Oh, by the way, politics aside, if this book were just a children's book about Be Yourself, I would give it like a 3 out of 10. Um, The illustrations are not very inspiring, The character designs aren't very interesting. 
Um, the facial expressions are boring. You know, the, the plot is minimal. There's just not much here for a kid to get excited about. Um, Brave Books has created the Brave Challenge section to help drive home key lessons and values from the book. Each game can take up to 20 minutes. Um, there's a key. Oh, I see. There's different types of activities. There's a read aloud to the children. There's a parents only. One child modification and roll, roll the die for culture. Okay. The Brave Challenge. This one is a read aloud to the children. So, um... Oh my god, do any kids listen to this? There can't be like minors listening to this, right? This is the first time that that's occurred to me that there could like a, I guess a child could just like pull this up on fucking Spotify, right? But that that would be crazy. Wouldn't that be like if I listened to my mom talking to some lady in the store when I was a kid? Isn't that what this show would be like? Team Brave will be facing off against culture in today's challenge. All of you, the children, will be on Team Brave, and I will roll the die for culture. Your goal is to score more points than culture. Your first objective is to create a scoreboard with Team Brave versus culture. <laughs> now they have like a scoreboard here as an example, which is a uh, two crossed lines and hash marks underneath. One labeled culture, one Team Brave. Very creative. Now, this is for the parents. While the children are creating the scoreboard, be thinking about what they win if they defeat culture. Here are some ideas. Night out with parents. Oh, boy. Night out with parents. Like, if a kid's young enough for this book, do they ever have a night out without parents? Movie night. Play the children's favorite game. No. Putt-putt golf. Baking and eating treats. Bike ride. Whatever gets your kiddos excited. Uh, <laughs> wow. These are some really creative ideas. You know, I came up with better ideas for, like, young people because I was like, you know, how do you motivate teenagers to do summer reading, right? And I was like, I think that teenagers should make deals with their parents. Because I was like, look, I can't mandate these for you. But if you are proactive about this and you go up and you're like, Mom, I have to read like 20 hours to finish this. How about, uh, you know, if I get halfway, the rest of the summer, my, you know, curfew is extended by an hour. Or I get, you know, an additional two hours a week of Xbox. Or, uh, you know, next time we order pizza, I get to pick what's on it. You know, shit like that that I'm like... Yeah, this is like little but realistic and motivational. I mean, come on. And that took me 10 minutes. This is published in a fucking book. All right. Team Brave can earn points in two ways. First, by doing well in the games according to the rules of each game. Second, by giving thoughtful answers to the question I asked after each game in the talk about it section. How does culture score points? I will roll the die for culture before each activity and also before the talk about it section. The number rolled on the die is the amount of points culture gets for that activity. For example, if I roll a three, culture gets three points for that activity. Don't let me forget to record Team Brave and culture score on the scoreboard. Whoever has the most points at the end of all three games wins. The prize for winning, winning will be blank. Let's begin. Oh, I was supposed to write in there. Okay, hold on. Let me make a scoreboard. Team Brave. 
Oh, shit. I made mine backwards from theirs. That's going to be confusing. Culture. And let me pull up an online dice roll. Online dice roller. Um, six-sided. Oh, shit. What? 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 I have too many dice. Okay. All right. Here we go. Got it. Grandpa figured out the machine. Oh, God. Okay. The Brave Challenge works best with two or more children, but it still works with one child. If there's one child and two parents, then choose one parent to be on the same team as the child and keep the games the same. If there's one child and one parent, you will have to slightly modify games one and three. Okay. Fuck off. Introducing Ashley St. Clair. <laughs> Ashley St. Clair is a popular conservative influencer. Oh, barf. I wish I could do a children's book about influencers. That would be fun. Uh, influencers are dumb. And like, you never hear a good influence. Always a bad influence. You know who should influence you? Yourself. Um, who has spent her career, she's probably like 10, bringing awareness to issues close to her heart, including free speech and gender identity. She helped Brave Books write this story in The Brave Challenge. She will be popping in to give you ideas on how you can explain these concepts to your child. Okay, good. Glad we had the person who wrote the non-functional book bringing the backup support for the non-functioning book. Ashley suggests, have fun. <laughs> Your children should love this, but it will make the whole experience even better for them if you get into it and have fun with them, too. Uh, suggestion is have fun. Suggestion denied. Game one, voice of truth. Oh, my God. I need a blindfold, paper, pencil, and a six-sided die and a loaded handgun. Just kidding about the handgun. Um, roll the die and record culture score. Let's see what culture got. A one. Not looking too good, culture. The goal is for Team Brave to guide a teammate who is blindfolded from one room to another without hitting any walls or objects. You will start with six points, but lose one point for every object you run into. I will be acting as culture, trying to confuse and distract you from reaching the next room. Okay, so give your misleading clues in a different voice than your normal voice. Make it sound how you imagine culture would sound? You will have to do both. Oh, okay, so if there's one person, you'll have to do both the true voices and culture's voice. Alter the sound of your voice to sound like culture when you give false directions. What? Okay. So the game, I'm dad. I have two sons. Huey, Dewey. Louie died in a fire. Huey and Dewey. Huey's blindfolded. Dewey is shouting directions so that he doesn't cr go falling down the stairs and die like his brother or go into the open fire pit that we have in our house because that's freedom. And uh, maybe I lost one child, but, you know, the gears of patriotism are oiled with the blood of patriots or something. Um, and then I am trying to give false directions using a voice that I think a vulture sounds like. And somehow my child 
who just heard all these directions. This is a read aloud to everyone. Okay. This is a dumb game. We used to play a version of this game when I was in elementary school in music class. And it wasn't a bad idea because the t music teacher was like, here's how it goes. Like we have six instruments, or four instruments. One means go forward, left, right, and backwards. All the other kids sit on the floor and, you know, sit uh, arm's length from each other. And then a kid is blindfolded and listens to the instruments and has to decide which way they're moving, right? So am I moving forward, left, right, or backward based on which instrument I hear? This was a good idea, except the way that she did it was she, you know, took so long to explain it and get everyone seated and do all the things that it was impossible to remember which direction you were, which direction, which thing meant. Um, and so then you would inevitably lose. I don't think I ever saw anybody win this game because not only would you as the blindfold kid not remember, but the kids playing the instruments wouldn't remember which one they were supposed to be either. And they would constantly fuck it up because they were facing towards the kid who was walking. The kid who was blindfolded walked towards them. So, you know, left is right, right is left. So that was another... Anyway. Um, talk about it. Okay, so roll the die and record... Oh, so what would my score have been? Uh, they lose a point for every object they run into. Let's just give us a four. I'm going to assume that was a four. All right, ask the following questions and award points based on the thoughtfulness of answers. So we're going to roll for culture. Got another one. Ooh, and a five. So culture's up to seven. How did it feel when you couldn't see and didn't know where to go? Uh, fun. It was a game, so it felt fun. <laughs> Uh, how did it feel knowing there was a voice trying to trick you? Um, also fun. Cause I mean, if I was the dad playing this, I'd be like, uh, do the worm. You know, those are the directions I would get. I wouldn't be like, go to the left, run to the left as fast as you can. Uh, with your arms, you know, not in front of your face, run face first as fast as you can to the left. Like who's going to do that? I, I think I understand. Oh, Ashley suggests, don't forget that you will be assigning points for good and thoughtful answers by your children. The incentive of points should help your children to be nearly as excited to discuss the games as to play them. Oh my god. Also, don't give so many points that the children take a huge lead on culture. You want the game to stay competitive. So here's, yeah. Oh, this is just as fun to talk about as it is to play. That's the mistake. She wrote a book and she's like, it should be just as fun to discuss the politics of this book as it is to read it. And it's like, no, the book should be much more fun. That's the how this works. That's the point. Um, in our story, Kevin trusted culture. What happened when you trusted culture's voice in today's game? Um, I ran into the wall. I died in a fire like my other brother. Okay, so how did it feel when you couldn't see and didn't know where to go? Fun was not a thoughtful answer, so I'm giving that a one. Uh, how did it feel knowing there was a voice trying to trick you? Also fun, so I guess that's a one. 
what happened when you trusted culture's voice in today's game? I died. That's a two. That's a little more philosophical, I guess. So they're at eight. So they're still one up on culture because culture's had some rough rolls. Oh, God, there's more. Where are some places you can hear things that aren't true? Uh, the creepy well behind the house? I don't know. That's a terrible question. I don't think I... Did I roll for culture for three? I need to do another one for them. For them. For him. Five. And then... Oh, wait. There's a clue here. Don't forget to set the timer and add clues as necessary. Oh, I skipped ahead. Okay. What are some places you can hear things that aren't true? The well. That's a nine total. Help your children realize there are certain places where there are potentially harmful voices, i.e. school or playground. Yeah, don't listen to anyone at school or on the playground. I feel like that's a weird... So it's like... I don't want you to listen to anyone at the school or the playground. Why are you sending your kid to school then? They probably shouldn't be in school. Um, what are other places for true voices? Why? Why? That's a horribly phrased question. Um, also, it should say, where are other places for true voices? And why are those? Uh, why are those voices there? I don't understand that question, so I'm not giving myself any points for that. What should you do when you hear something that may not be true? Um, you say, nah, no, sir, no way, Jose, are also acceptable answers. Um, oh, Ashley suggests places you can hear things. Uh, you, the parents, you love them and want what's best for them. And solid science. We can learn true things by observing what is consistently true about nature. Uh, well, I, okay. I don't, know, I don't know if I call that solid science on the children's level. I watched an anthill for the day and this is what they did. I mean, what is, what? Also, if you just watch nature, it's like, Dogs are always humping other dogs. They don't know what the fuck they're doing. They also hump a blanket and a stuffed animal. I don't think dog humping has much meaning, but maybe that's just my whacked out liberalism. Um, what should you do when you hear something that may not be true? Okay, why is choosing true voices to listen to in real life even more important than in this game? Um, because the outcomes of real life are more important than a game, Ashley. I'm surprised you don't know that. What These are stupid questions for a kid. Um, what are other places for true voices? Why wouldn't you say like, all right, let me help you rewrite this question. Uh, who should you believe? Somebody you hear something on the from on the playground? Some kid on the playground that you don't know very well? Or the pastor at your church? <laughs> there you go. Isn't that kind of where you guys are going? Uh, are you a trustworthy voice? Can your siblings and parents trust you? Why? Uh, no, I was a liar when I was a kid. I liked to lie. I thought it was fun. I'm not even kidding. If I, if I became a successful fiction writer, that would be a, a cute story later. 
be like, oh, Peter had this flirtation with lying, but now I like to think of it as making up stories. But uh, if I don't become a successful fiction writer, then it's just, wow, what a little asshole. <laughs> I'm going to give myself a few more points. That was a thoughtful answer. Uh, okay, so the score is 17 to 12. Ashley suggests this is important because it should create a desire in the siblings to be trustworthy and establish that as an admirable trait. Oh my god, Ashley's a barrel of laughs. Okay, game number two. I'll need a stopwatch, paper, crayons, pencil, and a six-sided die. Okay, let's record culture score. Ooh, a six. Tun tun tun. So we're up to 17. It's tied up. Uh, find as many hidden drawings as possible in under two minutes. Each of you needs three pieces of paper. On the first page, draw a man. On the second page, draw a horse. On the third page, draw a dog. You have two minutes. Begin. Um, okay. So my instructions are... Wait, what? Collect the pages as they are completed. Once you have collected all the pages, have the children close their eyes and cover their ears while singing a song so they don't know where you go. Um, what would be the appropriate song for this book? To sing while I hide it. Um, the night they drove old Dixie down or something like that. Uh, you will need to place the men drawings. The men drawings in a freezer. The dog drawings on top of the stove. And the horse drawings in some shoes in a closet. Well, I definitely want my kids fucking around on the stove. Okay. When I say go. So the kids drew... Each kid drew a man, each kid drew a horse, and each kid drew a dog. And then the drawings get hidden together for some reason. And so I've hidden them, and then I say to the kids, when I say go, this is so fucking confusing. When I say go, you'll have two minutes to find all of your drawings based on the clues I give you. You'll get six points if you find all three groups in under two minutes. Four points if you find two of the groups in under two minutes. Two points if you only find one group. And zero if you find none. Here are your clues. Culture has tried to turn the men into cool dudes. The dogs into hot dogs. And the horses into horseshoes. You have two minutes. Go. Don't forget to set the timer and add clues as necessary. Oh my god. What the hell does this have to do... I'm very curious what this has to do with uh, anything. Man, a horse, and a dog. Also, that's mean to make a kid draw a horse and a dog. Like, my drawing skills today, my horse and dog looks almost fucking identical. When I was seven, forget it. Roll the die and record Gulcher's score. Alright, I think I already did that, but let's just do it again, I guess. I'm going to follow the rules. So we're at 18. Uh, or 19. Shit. Uh, one, did we really change? Oh, okay, so here's the question. Did we really change the drawing of the man into a cool dude by putting him into the freezer? The drawing of the dog into a hot dog by putting it on the stove? The drawing of the horse into a horseshoe by putting it into a shoe? 
That's a very confusing question to me. Did we really change the picture? Did we really change this representation of an, a fictional man into a cool dude by putting him in? Like, is the joke real? Is that what the question is? This is baffling. Okay, here we go. Can we change one thing to another thing by changing its appearance or location? I mean, these questions are... I was out walking and I've gone by this sign that's uh, constantly up at another condo complex near here. And it just says, ice may be present. And it's been up all summer. And I'm like, I'm not sure which sign they're supposed to have here. Or maybe this is a year-round sign and ice may be present in the winter. But in the summer, this sign becomes like a philosophical anomaly to me. I'm fascinated by it because I'm like, yeah, I guess it's, I guess at any time, at any point, it is hypothetically possible that ice may be present, whether on the ground or in a cup someone's carrying. It is hypothetically possible that ice may be present. Um, but why, I mean... Couldn't this a sign basically apply anywhere? Like, do you really need a sign that's like, ice may be present here? No shit. I kind of want to get one for like, you know, someday if I live up in a cabin in the mountains and it's like freezing and wintry, I want to get a little sign that's like, ice may be present. <laughs> and that gets buried in snow. Um, okay. Uh... Can we change another thing? What if we changed its features like putting ketchup on the dog? I mean, I, I guess we kill the joke. This I, She's killing the joke. But I'm still not sure that like, uh, I, don't, I don't know if this is bringing it home. Um, Ashley suggests you want your children to recognize that things have an inherent nature that doesn't change. But this is a dumb way to do that because it's like, well, what if I took the picture of the man and drew boobs and eyelashes on it? And then I'm like, well, that's a woman now. And it's like, well, is it? And I'm like, yeah, because I said so. <laughs> Isn't that how it works? Isn't that how like a drawing works? <laughs> uh, Kevin the elephant tried to make himself a bird by strapping wings to his back. How much did that make him a bird? Why couldn't he fly? I mean, it didn't make him a bird and he couldn't fly because he's an elephant and that's not physically possible for him. I mean, okay. Are we going to get to the point where it's like, uh, cause here's the thing. Uh, I'm not real into discussing the nuances of this shit, but it's like people who are born with some parts can do things that other people can't do. And that's just, you know, I cannot carry a baby to term. That is not possible for me. Um, but, you know, that seems to be like the, the big one, the biggie of like, I mean, someone could put a penis in my body. I would prefer that nobody did, by the way. It's not an invitation, but it's possible. You know, I could, I could give a guy a blowy. Again, prefer strongly not to, but I could. 
<laughs> you know, so I don't know. This is a weird line of questioning that, again, doesn't really... This is, I think, why it doesn't equate. Because it's like, well, I don't think a trans person is asking to be able to do something that a, a man could do, you know, that they can't. I mean, I don't think a trans person is saying, like, it's cosmically unfair that I can't have a baby because I was, you know, not born with the uterus. I mean, maybe, maybe they are, but I don't think that's the argument we're having as a culture right now, which is like, <laughs> um, you know, we demand that someone create a fake uterus or something like that doesn't seem to be part of the discussion as far as I could tell. Uh, what is super cool about being an elephant? What is super cool about being a bird? Why does Tokatok need both birds and elephants? I'm not entirely sure that I can answer that because I'm not really familiar with the economics of Tokatok. Maybe I have to read the capitalism book that's coming up. I mean, what's cool about an elephant is they're strong as fuck, obviously, and every once in a while one of them goes apeshit. And then they, like, publicly execute it, which is kind of crazy. But at the same time, I'm like, I mean, everyone gets all uptight about, like, they publicly executed an elephant. But at the same time, weren't they, like, <laughs> lynching people at the same time? And people would come out and see that shit. We have a, an upcoming pot of ween, and I'm not going to spoil the story, but uh, there was a lynching. And uh, it was a it was a white person, though. It was like, oh, I don't know if I could do this story. And then I was like, oh... It was a white guy, and maybe he kind of deserved it. So, yeah. Um, for the boys, ask if I put on some of mommy's lipstick, would you, would you turn into a girl? For the girls, ask if you put shaving cream on your face, would you turn into a man? Why? This is a terrible. Okay, first of all, if you put on some of mommy's lipstick, would you turn into a girl? No, you're a man wearing lipstick, if that's what you say you are. But I don't, I think, yeah, yeah, this misses the entire point. And also shaving cream. I'm like, well, mom uses the shaving cream on her legs all the time. It's putting shaving cream on your face is what makes you a man or not. I haven't purchased shaving cream. Uh, maybe ever. I think I used to shave and now I just use clippers and clip my facial hair down low because I'm an adult man in a committed relationship and I don't care. Does that make me a man or a woman? I think it kind of makes me a man, to be honest. If I'm going to stereotype, maybe this book's gotten in my head. Ashley suggests things you want your kids to touch on. It's the way God made us. Our DNA makes us this way and it's fixed. Uh, okay, sure. That's what we want our kids to get is A, that God made us this way and B, our DNA is set and can't be changed. I am a fan of genetic alteration myself, but okay. What is super cool about being a girl? Um, getting free drinks at bars. What is super cool about being a boy? Um, urination. What are some super cool traits boys and girls share? Um, when they like Helpful Snowman and subscribe to Patreon. What are some ways boys and girls are different? 
I mean, every see every stand-up comedian ever. I mean, come on. I I think there's still some good jokes of men be like this, women be like that out there, by the way. I think that's still coverable material. I don't, you know, I'd hate for the collapsing of gender structure to eliminate that from us, but maybe maybe that's just what I have to sacrifice, damn it. Um, why is this good that boys and girls are different? Well, I don't know. If everyone was the same, that would be boring, I guess. But that seems like a pro-trans argument that I've stumbled into, so I'm going to have to give myself a low score on that. Uh, why are you happy to be the gender that you are? Ashley suggests, most of the time you want your children to do all or most of the talking. But for this question, your children might find it encouraging for you to share your own thoughts as well. Tell why you like being the gender you are, and especially why you liked it at their age and now. You're a significant gender model for your children. Because um, they make more money? Because <laughs> I'm physically strong and I could beat the shit out of your mom? How do you like that? I'm a, I'm a gender model. Game three, all mixed up. Oh, God, you need another fucking blindfold, a ball, a pencil, a paper. Um, okay, I have six mini games that are worth one point each. Oh, my God. Okay, mini game one. I need one player from Team Brave. I'm going to whisper a secret into your, one of your ears. You then have to repeat that word to your team while holding your tongue with your fingers. If Team Brave can guess what that word is in 15 seconds or less, you win a point. And the word is squirrel. Is that hard to say with your tongue in your hand? Squirrel. Squirrel. I should have done this without telling you the word. I'm sorry, everyone. Also, though, that part of the directions should have been separate. And it's not. It's in the same fucking thing. Because <laughs> they messed up their own thing. Mini game two. I, okay, again. Holding, saying the word squirrel with my tongue in my fingers. I'm curious how this turns into a... Uh, point about transgender people being bad. Minigame 2. In this game, one of you will have to draw a picture using only your feet. I'll whisper in your ear the picture you have to draw. If your team can guess what you are drawing in one minute or less, Team Brave scores a point. They're going to draw Kevin the elephant. Uh, in this game, I'm going to blindfold a player and have that person touch someone else's face. If this player can guess the face they are touching in 10 seconds or less, Team Brave scores... Choose a player and blindfold. Choose another person to have their face touched. Well, if it was mine, they'd be like, ooh, this is dad. He's greasy. It's like touching a fucking pepperoni. A uh, warm pepperoni, which is like a pleasure to eat and not fun to just touch with your hands while blindfolded. That That's what belongs in like one of those, uh, you know, oh, these peeled grapes are eyeballs and the spaghetti is hair and... This pepperoni is Satan's cock. Get ready. That would scare kids. If you did one of those things and then you just had like a horse penis in there. And then you're like, that's just a horse penis. And then whether or not. And then you're like, no, that actually is a horse penis. Just they should have that in like haunted houses. Just a, a horse penis. That is kind of frightening for a child, right? Like, oh my God, look at that horse cock. 
get me out of here. <laughs> um, you know, when you're a kid and you're like, that thing's like literally bigger than my arm. Longer and wider. Um, in this game, one of you has to walk on your hands for four consecutive steps to earn a point. What? What the fuck does this have to do with anything? Um, in this game, one of you may only use your knees to catch a ball. I'll give you five tosses to catch it. If you catch it, you get a point. In this game, two of you will have to use your elbows as hands and pass a ball back and forth ten times in 30 seconds or less without dropping it. Complete this mission and get a point. Okay, I'm very curious to see how this relates to... Uh, whatever. Why do you think God gave you a tongue, feet, hands? What are the least two purposes for each? What? Oh, what are at least two purposes for each? Why did God give me a tongue? I don't know. I'm not sure that he did. I, I don't know that everyone listening to this would agree that he did and be that that was a good choice. Uh, feet? To walk on? Hands? Um, and finger blasting, obviously. How can you use each of these body parts for good? What about for bad? I mean... I think I just covered that. What was Kevin the Elephant's purpose? Uh, apparently it was to haul barrels of water up up and down a path. Um, how did he discover that purpose? I By trying to be a bird and discovering that that wasn't a good fit for him. So by transitioning to something else, and then through that experience, he learned that he... Uh, that for him, being an elephant was better. So is this a pro-transition? Again, I know this isn't a pro-transition narrative, but this seems like it might be pro, where it's like, well, maybe in order to find something out, you have to try something that's not the right fit. <laughs> maybe the woman who transitions to being a man and then finds that that's not a good fit really knows more about manliness than I do. How did Kevin help others by living according to his purpose? I guess maybe his purpose was to put out that fire. Um, well, he helped others by them not being consumed in a fire. I mean, that seems pretty direct. There is one part of this book that is direct, which is he did save people from a fire. Well, a bear. What are some things you are good at? How can you use those to help your family and others? Again, what is that going to have to do with gender? I'm pretty good at spinning my penis around like a helicopter. You know, I put it around my wrist like a wristwatch. <laughs> well, see, now if you're a lady, you couldn't do that, could you? No, I guess not. You made some good points. Tally the points and see who won. Well, definitely I won. It's weird this game works by culture just gets dice rolls for points. And then, you know, the team has to do activities. Anyway, this is the craziness. I'm not even sure that that like kids would get a, an anti-trans message from this. And in fact, I think it's so bumbling that they might get a pro like gender fluidity message of like, hey, there's good things about being a boy and good things about being a girl. I mean, I guess if anything, maybe this is a anti 
sort of uh, gender spectrum argument that it's, you know, a binary, which is not great, but is probably better than an anti-trans argument. I don't know. This is very uh, inept. All in all, I give this a one star for being inept. Maybe I'd give it two just because it's like, well, it's. I don't think this is actually going to be harmful for kids because it's so poorly done. But, you know, when that's the positive of, of the book, when it's like, well, the good news is it's so poorly, poorly executed that uh, it's not going to hurt anybody. That's not like a, a glowing review. But, you know, I could get used to that sort of review for this show. So poorly executed that at least it's harmless. <laughs> Helpfulsnowman.com Nobody should Like who are the bone thugs and are they in harm?